Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of Background Noise. This is the show about the people behind the podcast and the messy process of actually getting podcasts made. I am Michael Magnano. I am the co-founder and CEO of a company called Anchor, a company that makes it really easy to make podcasts. And I am beyond delighted to talk to my new friend, Megan Collins. She is the co-founder and CEO of a company called Style Girlfriend and the host of a podcast called Undressed. And I had an amazing conversation with her where I sat down and I learned a lot about her background and what led her to start Style Girlfriend and ultimately what led her to launch her podcast, Undressed. It was an awesome conversation and got to know a ton about her and her story, and I'm excited to share it all with you now. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Megan Collins. Okay, I'm here with Megan Collins. Hello, Megan. Hello. So Megan doesn't know why we're talking right now. So as I introduce this episode for any of you listening out there, I'm also introducing it to Megan. I like that you say that like as if I'm on some game show where it's like, <laughs> this is your life. And like, you know, like my fourth grade teacher is going to come in. And like, she might. She he know. might. Yeah. I don't know. He or she. Ooh, fourth grade. She, I think. Okay. She sure. might. Yeah. You, see, you would know. So now I know they're not coming. Right. Because you would have given it up. Well, maybe I'm just trying to fake you out right now. <laughs> All right. This is a podcast. It is called Background Noise. And I just came up with the name today. Literally? Because I had another name that everyone in that office out there was telling me was no good. Wait, am I, is this like the inaugural episode? Re- this is the third, third episode. Oh, okay. I, so the first You're just two- recording with everyone that comes in today, aren't you? No, no, no. That's not true You're at like, all. like, I came up with it this morning at no. 10 a.m. We're already in the no, second season. I've been put. <laughs> Imagine I already had like 30 episodes yeah. without a name. No, They're all I, in have, the can. I have, this is my third. You just and, go welcome uh, to, and then you like pause a beat and no, like wait and you're like, I'll fill it. I later. haven't done any. So for the other episodes we've done, I just go right into the interview. But yeah. since you don't know what we're talking about, I figure I'll bake the, the sure. introduction right into. Yeah. And then you'll intro outro later. Exactly. Under a, se- exactly. a separate file. Yes. <laughs> all right. I don't have to like so get that. here's what this is about. <laughs> okay. This is about podcasts. <gasps> And, 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 and more importantly about the people behind the podcast. I am shocked. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Excuse me. I have to take a sip of this cold brew. Um, and, 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 uh, what's plastic. that? Yeah. What? I mean, it's not as nice as my I know. And water. it's leaving like a yeah. condensation residue on the table here. It's kind of gross. All right. I'm going to put it on the floor. <laughs> I didn't All really right. You're self-conscious about your Tell hydration. me about Megan Collins. I know a little bit about you because we have mutual friends and I know about your business somewhat, but um, this is, your podcast is Undressed. Yes. And it is related to Style Girlfriend. We were going to call it Background Noise, but I didn't like that (laughs) name, so. Thank you. Um, That was our second choice. Okay. Well, if you if you change your mind and you want to use it, I'll I'll let you also have a podcast. What was the name before you just settled on this name? Podcasters. Oh, yeah. No, background noise better. <laughs> but it sounds like background noise might not be good enough. No, it's I like, like okay, it. Right. Once you say podcasters, I like background okay. noise much better. All right. All right. Seriously, let's talk about Undressed. <laughs> but I think to understand Undressed, I need to und- we need to know more about Megan Collins and the story that led you to the podcast. Sure. Absolutely. So I uh, started a men's lifestyle site called Style Girlfriend. Uh, I used to work in advertising 
a million years ago, I was on the account side, which meant that I was like the liaison between the creatives and the client, which is just like you just get shit on from like both sides. Sorry, I don't know if this. It's okay. <laughs> you just you get all the garbage dumped on you from it's like it's creatives okay. who don't trust that you're making their case to the clients and clients that are mad that you're over budget and you didn't deliver on time and that your creatives want to like not include the brand name in the commercial, whatever it is. So it was a really hard job that I did not love and therefore kind of couldn't like drink the Kool-Aid on and really um, do what you have to do to like be successful in advertising, which is basically like give over your entire twenties to it and then like be underpaid that whole time. And then suddenly you're like an overpaid account director that gets to go to Cannes for like the festivals and like you still work hard, but like you have to put in your dues in a way that like you kind of can't and shouldn't do it if you don't really love advertising, which I didn't. How many, so in a role like that, I've heard some rumors, how many hours do you typically work per day? So at the agency that the last place that I worked at, there was um, this like joke that ended up making it onto a t-shirt that was like dinner's here. And it was because at eight o'clock every night they had dinner catered for the people that were still at the office. And there was always so many people that it was like a full like catered dinner for like 40 to 50 people. And it uh -huh. wasn't a big agency. So like, yeah, they had these t-shirts made. And I remember everyone being like, oh, like it's funny. And I was always like, that's not funny. Like right. we shouldn't be at work at eight o'clock. Like that's not, we're not saving the world. Like it, it was fine. And that was actually like one of the best shops in New York. And like, again, if I loved advertising and really was like, yes, like we're changing the world. We're like disrupting things like that would have been one thing, but it wasn't that. And I didn't, um, I loved like the project that I worked on there and it was something where I was at work every night until anywhere from like 10 at night until like two in the morning, literally like weekdays and weekends for yeah. about four months. That's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> and like my family was worried about me and like, I wasn't like in a relationship at the time and like that worked out. Cause like anybody would have broken up with me. Cause like, I just never could make commitments to anyone or anything. Like I missed weddings. Like it was wild. Yeah. So, uh, I was like, when this project ends, I'm going to get out of advertising. And so in that time I started freelance writing on the side and that's what I had figured out as I was like, I really miss, like I did more writing in school and I really missed that. And I miss being creative and like, it got to the point where I was like the most creative I got to be at work was like writing emails to the client at one in the morning being like, here's why this isn't going to be in your inbox in the morning because an elephant broke in and ate the, you know, <laughs> did it. like it was just like that was the most creative I got to right. be and that was really depressing. So I started just taking on freelance writing jobs anywhere I could. Um, as like an outlet, just like a creative outlet. As a creative outlet. Yeah. yeah like I started a blog because yeah. of course I did. I'm just writing about whatever I wanted to. And one of the like many projects that I took on the time was a friend of mine out in LA had started up a like a made to measure suiting business. So like take 20 measurements, send it off to Hong Kong, get like a $200 mm. suit back. Uh, and he's like, look, I need more content for my site, like reason to drive people there. I know you're looking to write more, like you want to get your byline out there. Why don't you write like a weekly column for me? And of course with like visions of like Sex and City, Carrie Bradshaw dancing in my head, I'm like a weekly column about fashion. <laughs> And he's like, yeah, it's like just, a dream gig. Totally. I mean, yeah. I wasn't getting paid, so not that big of a dream. But uh, but I was like, yes. And it, you know what? You should say yes to everything when you're first kind of like starting out or like pivoting to a new industry. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. But I told him, I said, like, I don't really know anything about men's style. Is that a problem? And he goes, ah, no, just, you know, um, like write about what women like to see guys wearing. Like mm. maybe tell them to wear suits more often. And I was like, I can do that. <laughs> so I sort of called my 
like knowledge because I'm I mean you look at me today I'm in like torn jeans and like a crew neck sweater I'm not like a fashion maven by any means but I was like look like I've been reading fashion magazines my whole life like at the nail salon or like you know like getting your hair done whatever like you're women are consuming that content and women are also being told that appearance matters above anything else and so simply through osmosis I'd learned a lot about like items that you should splurge on versus ones that you can like get away with spending less on or like how to make things fit better or like what things should look like, you know, like how to layer items in an interesting way, whatever it is. And so I very much just came at it from like the perspective of, I think women's magazines do a lot of good things in terms of helping people at like a one-on-one level with their style. I was like, I think I can apply that to guys' style. Cause when I went and kind of did my little like competitive analysis, the landscape, like I found that there was a lot that was very aspirational, like, G- the GQs and Esquires of the world are great, but also like they're putting a pro athlete in a $10,000 suit on the cover. And most guys are going to the mall and buying a suit of J. Crew, right. And they're like, not, it's not reality. It's not reality. And so to be able to figure out how to bridge that gap was actually really fun and like somewhat easy, especially at the beginning. Cause again, there wasn't that much information out there for guys who were shopping at the mall and like, aren't trying to be like, Kanye West level of like trendy, you know, hype beast, whatever it is. Like there just wasn't really anything for that guy. And so again, totally by accident, not because I was like, I'm going to get into the men's fashion business. I just happened to start doing this thing for my friend and it just sort of took off. So uh, it ended up, the column ended up being syndicated by this like national newspaper chain. So it just started showing up everywhere, which really helped kind of add to our like notoriety and like just like gave me a sense of legitimacy of being like a real quote unquote writer um, and after the project ended, I like, left that agency and I was doing all this different freelance work and it kind of came, became apparent that style girlfriend was like something that I could make a go of, but I really needed to give up all the other like balls I had up in the air. So it's, can I, can I cut you off really quickly? Yeah. I, I feel like you just, you just jumped, uh, over oh, did something. I yada yada something. No, 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 no. Well, you, you said the project ended and I left the agency. Mm hmm. It, it sounds like it wasn't a big deal at all to leave the agency, but that was like your full-time gig. Yeah. So was, was that, was that Scary a big deal? And like, a big what, deal. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? Absolutely. So, um, for most agency things, it's like you work on like tide, right. And like, you're going to work on tide until tide decides to take their business elsewhere. But for the work that I was brought in on, it was something where there was like a, like a launch date and an end date to the project. So, when that ended, I was like, I'm going to leave when this ends. And by that point, I, again, was working till like 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight. And so when I'd be like waiting for an email back from like my art director or whatever it was, like when I'm like sitting at my desk waiting for stuff to, you know, happen that I could then do things with that, I'd be writing. And so like in that about a year period, in that period, I like really got my hustle on and had started doing all these different projects. So hmm. Style Girlfriend was only one of like six freelance things that I took on and it. it wasn't even like a legit one because I wasn't getting paid for that one I was just doing it got it so at that point I'd like cobble together enough freelance work to be able to go full-time freelance I see. not in as nearly of a like like I was making less certainly right. <laughs> freelancing and like I was paying for my own health care and like my parents were terrified like it was not like I was definitely jumping off a cliff um but I also knew that at like 
however old I was, I was already like, oh, I hate my job. And like, I hate what I'm doing. And like, I didn't come to New York to be like miserable and like become one of those people that just like has a job. And like, I always make that distinction. Like there's people who have careers and there's people who have jobs. And I don't think any less of people who have jobs. But if you want to be someone who's like, I go to work and then I leave. And then that's really when my life starts. That's totally fine. But I also don't think it makes any sense to live in New York and like, put up with all of the garbage that you have to put up with in New York to be here. Like, if you're going to be here, like, find something you love to do because you're going to be surrounded by the best people doing it. You know, it's really interesting. I <clears throat> I feel like a lot of people that I've talked to that have sort of gone off on their own, like you're talking about right now, a common theme seems to be that um, you, hate, not that you hate your job, but like you, you're not happy in your current situation. And that sort of is the catalyst to go and do something that other people might think is crazy, right? Like you rarely he hear people be like, you know, I, I love my job, but I have this other awesome idea that I'm gonna go pursue. It's more just like, I actually hated my job and I thought if I'm ever gonna go for this thing, like now's the time. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened with you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's Not so hated. surprising, right? Like I yeah. think that if you're content, like why would you change things? Like if sure. you love your wife, why would you be like, but maybe there's somebody better out there for right. me? Like you don't leave something unless it's just gotten so unbearable, yeah. right? And like, I think I just didn't wanna be someone who hated my job. Like I remember I'd go out for drinks with like friends that also worked in advertising and we would all just bitch about work. And I like, it was one of those like floating above your body things where you're like, I don't wanna be this person. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't wanna complain about my life. I want, if I'm gonna be spending all this time working, I wanna, at least most of the time, really like what I'm doing. Even if it's hard, even if it's, um, like can be a drag, like at least I want to be doing something where I can feel really invested and I didn't feel invested. And I think that's probably common for anyone that's just starting yeah. out like on a corporate ladder because you're just like a cog in the machine <laughs> for a while. But for me, it just didn't seem tenable to be a miserable person from like nine to 7 p.m. every day. Like that seemed crazy to me. Yeah, I, that, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. So you make the leap. Yeah, so I made the leap and I definitely struggled for a while. I'm just pushing back a meeting, sorry. I just okay. wanna make sure we have time. Um, so I'm not ignoring you. No, okay. Keep going. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, what if you were just checking Twitter right now? Yeah, <laughs> well I feel like. What's Trump up to now? Oh boy. I'll, cu I'll cut all this out, but I remember <laughs> when, I was when, I was, when I was talking to Rembert, um, I saw him just like keep refreshing, but I realized he was refreshing the money. But at first I was like, dude, are you just like yeah, not even? Yeah, am I listening? so boring? <laughs> oh boy. Um, all right, keep going. Uh, what were we saying? You made the leap. I did. I made the leap. It's actually really funny because my family, like I'm someone who actually is very like safety oriented. Um, like I always say, like I'm a cancer and cancers are like very inclined towards habits and routines. And yet I've done all these things in my life that are not habitual and not. Uh, like safe like I moved to New York when I was 18 like I took a gap year which like nobody in the states mm. does that but like I just really wanted to live in New York and I knew that and I wanted to take a break before college and I like worked at a hair salon and I lived in a one bedroom with a roommate and you know it was like scary and hard and but I just didn't think that there was any other choice for me I was just like no that's just like what I want to do and the same thing kind of it felt that way with going full-time freelance is it felt that I was like didn't really have another choice like and I certainly did. I mean, I could be the most miserable account director you've ever seen <laughs> and, you know, be 
have a better 401k than I've got now and, you know, have a very different life. But it got to me to feel like there was no other option but to do something else. And so I think that helped it not feel so scary because it felt kind of like a choice between, I mean, like life and death sounds extreme, but like I was so unhappy. Hmm. So it it was better. Yeah. <laughs> so it was scary and it's still hard. Like, I don't think I'm a natural businessman. Like I don't business person. Like I don't naturally, um, like I, God, I was like a political science major. Like I don't have a background in being able to like go over a PL and like project <laughs> revenue for the fourth right. quarter. And like, I should by now and I still don't, but like I'm learning every day and you know, for people when they're like, what's your regular day? Like, I'm like, I'm really one of those people where it's like, I don't have a regular day. And that's, I like that. I was actually just talking with a, f- a friend who also writes for Style Girlfriend the other day. And she's a full-time freelance writer um, for Style Girlfriend, among other outlets. And we were both like, like, remember having jobs? <laughs> <laughs> like, remember like having to report to people? And it was just like, I don't know. I just, I don't think I could go back at this yeah. point. Like, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'd be very happy for Style Girlfriend to be acquired by <laughs> Amazon as soon as they come calling. But give me those golden handcuffs for a couple of years and I'm out. Yeah, I just, um, it was really hard, but I, I'm really happy I did it. I definitely like felt like the coyote, like in the cartoon where like my legs kept moving for a while before I realized I was like falling. And then once I did start to fall, that's when I finally was like, okay, this is real. Like I'm really making a go of this. Cause I really did. I, went full-time freelance, but I still was doing all these other things to kind of be like, again, safe. Right. And then when I was, realized that Style Girlfriend was like really the opportunity that was there and that was like the biggest thing beyond doing like copywriting for this brand and like, you know, doing kind of one-off articles for this other outlet, I was like, no, I really need to focus on Style Girlfriend. And that's really when things started taking off was when I like devoted all my time and attention to it. That's when like opportunities really started um like seemingly coming out of nowhere, but it's like one of those things where like people say like the secret is bullshit or whatever, but like sometimes you do just have to say like, I'm doing this thing yeah. and then it starts happening. Like it's something that like Shea Serrano says all the time and people just like give him credit cause he's Shea Serrano. But it's like, it is true that you have to say I'm doing this thing for people to kind of be like, oh yeah, you're doing this thing. Well, I, I think cause it shows a commitment, right? It's like people, people just start to understand that like you're taking this extremely seriously, right? You're, yeah. you're, the safety net is gone and yeah. like this has to work totally and i think it's really important to put it out into the world like because otherwise people don't know right like if i hadn't told people like hey i'm running style girlfriend full-time now i'm looking for freelance writers or i'm looking for a graphic designer people wouldn't have known i was doing it full-time they could, i mean if i hadn't talked to them in a while they could still think i was in advertising right. so i think it's really important when you're an entrepreneur to like not always be selling yourself because that's super obnoxious but just to like be keeping people in the loop yeah you know um, and undressed is actually kind of part of that. Like, I, so I yeah, lo- how, how, how did that happen? How does a podcast come from style? Well, actually, why don't you, I'll cut this out if we didn't, do, I don't think, did you say at the top exactly what style girlfriend is? I don't think we Probably did that. Not. I think we just did Megan Collins. So, 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 all right, hold on. Let me just, I'll ask a question then. So how you many make, of these have you been It's only done? my third. Okay. Just bear with me. All right. <laughs> Bear with me, please. And by the way, thank you for the feedback. Uh, no, I'm teasing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so how how long were you doing the full-time freelance before you made that leap? Before you said, I have to go all in on Style Girlfriend. Like, yeah. are we talking like a couple of weeks or was it like? Oh, God, no. 
So okay. I was like doing, I was freelancing while I was still in advertising for about a year. And then I was doing all these different freelance projects in addition to Style Girl from for probably about a year and a half. And then finally I was like, I have to give up this other stuff. Cause I was just like, my mind was in a million places and I wasn't really able to focus on any one of them, you know, especially Style Girlfriend, which I, I like realized pretty early on, like was something special. And I think that I was just like pushing it to the bottom of my to-do list because it felt scary because it felt like once I actually commit to this, like that's, it's the real deal and I really got going on it. Um, so yeah, so that, and then that's, so that's when I finally went full-time on Style Girlfriend and it was interesting because it started out very much as, like I said, like sort of uh, men's style from a female perspective. And that's still what it is, but we've always been really insistent that it's like not a fashion blog. Like it's mm. like all about helping guys. It's a service, right? Like when I've looked at it, I feel like it's it's something that, that I might sign up for, right? It's like, it's not just reading content. It's Yeah, exactly. So uh, in the last year we started offering on-demand messaging and now we're offering like a shopping service. So it's like Trunk Club, but it's for a fee. Um, which is a really terrible way of selling it. It's like this thing that's free, but we charge you money for it. Um, well, I got the impression it's more personalized. It's like yeah. more direct one-on-one -on -one for me rather than some algorithm that's just like, here, buy these six things and we'll send them to you to make it a little bit easier. Right, exactly. And we'll get a huge kickback on it because right. we're you yeah, know, yeah. warehousing the items. Exactly. This feels like a personal, like a, a personal stylist. Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, it started out as content and what we found from our audience was that they might have a wife or a girlfriend at home, but they were still coming to us for the advice. And I think that what I've realized, again, through no competitive analysis, like this is not me being so savvy to realize that there was this hole in the market. But what we realized is there's really not like a safe space for guys to go to be like, you know how like Ryan Gosling always like rolls up his shirt sleeves in that really cool way? How the F does he do that? Like. <laughs> There's just not people giving guys those answers. And for better or for worse, like guys still aren't really comfortable asking their guy friends for that yeah. help. Like they're not sitting at a bar watching the game and then being like, hey, bro, like those jeans are pretty <laughs> nice great. Like sleeves. where, yeah, like where'd you get those jeans? Or like, hey, how do you do that sleeve roll? Right. And they also don't want to ask the women in their lives because again, it's 2018, but like men hate asking for directions. So if they want to seem like alpha and in charge and in control of like the situation, then they're not going to be as apt to like, show weakness as it's perceived to the women in their lives by being like, babe, do you think you would go, could go shopping with me? Like, it'd be really helpful. Or like, I don't, you know, I want to wear more color, but like, I don't really know what colors I should wear. Like men just don't want to have those conversations. So we find that a lot of our audience comes from people putting in searches that are like, you know, how to wear burgundy chinos, hmm. whatever. And so guys are finding that style girlfriend is like this safe space where they can get that help. And it's like at a really, um, accessible level. Like it's not being like, well, start out by buying $5,000 Yeezys, like, you know, from this like limited edition collection, whatever it is, like, we're not trying to get people to break the budget. Like we're saying like, you can live with more style, no matter your size, like no matter if you live in a big city or a small town, like you know, no matter like what you're making it work, like you don't have to wait to start like living with more style and more intention. And I think that's like something that people want to hear. Cause I think too much of like what men's style is these days is like, okay, so when you start making more money, then you can buy nice things. Right. Or like once you get into shape, then you can like look good to women. And like that sucks, right? Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. So 
that was like always our vibe was like you can be better and we're here to like make that easier and you don't have to ask your buddies and you don't have to ask your girlfriend. Uh, and then in the past year, what we really kind of have doubled down on is this like idea of like look good, act right. Because oh, again, we have this unique perspective of being like women, right? And menswear and women in men's lifestyle. Like there's not, it's not like one female token editor at Esquire. It's like, we're a staff of all, it's like a female editorial team. Right. And so we feel like we have a really interesting vantage point to be able to say like, hey, there's all this stuff going on right now and it can be really confusing. And you can think like, well, I'm not Harvey Weinstein. So like I can stay out of this conversation. And like, it's really not that anymore, right? Like every guy has to be a bit more woke and a bit more like checking himself and checking his privilege and checking his bias. And like, like I said, since we've never really considered ourselves a fashion blog, like we really feel like that is absolutely under our umbrella. So to be able to talk about living with more style, that's not just like getting your suit tailored, but it's also like how you treat the women in your life, whether at work or at home or, you know, um, like, are you talking over your female coworkers in meetings? Are you, expecting your wife to do all of the like chores at home and like making her do the emotional labor of like planning birthday parties. Like we can talk about all that and we can talk about it in a way that our audience doesn't feel nagged or doesn't feel like we are like telling them that they're awful. Right. Like we're just like, Hey, let's just like have a conversation about this. So the podcast really arose out of like a desire to have that be a conversation. Cause like we can write, post and then put it up and then we can like get into the mix in the comments section but like having a conversation and like letting our mostly male audience listen in to two women be like hey like here's our take on like this serena williams thing that just happened like guys like maybe take a step back and think like why why is my gut reaction to say that she had a tantrum right you know yeah totally it <clears throat> excuse me it's interesting so you were like, I'm, I'm thinking about this whole story now up until now, up until now you were in it, you were in advertising, then you were a writer. Now you're an entrepreneur and a writer still. And now you're a podcaster. And when I first heard that you had a podcast, I looked, I don't, don't take offense to this. I thought it was going to be just a marketing tool for style girlfriend, but it's, it's like a real podcast. Like you have 50 episodes that takes a lot of commitment. Like how have you done that? That I think it's super impressive. Well, Anchor's been a big help. No, no, no. That's not what this is about. Ooh, <laughs> you you had the podcast way before yeah, you knew about we had Anchor. It before Anchor. Yeah, like yeah, this, yeah. you've been doing this for a bit. But um, this does help a lot, I will say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we just realized that we wanted to be able to have a conversation with our audience in a way that, like, it was before Instagram Live was around. It was, I think it was even before Instagram, it must have been before Instagram stories. Like, what is interesting is that like even though Style Girlfriend is so much bigger than me now, like we have like a team of like five regular writers, again, all women and like our devoted readers really know like each of our writers in a way that feels really personal, which is awesome. But like ultimately Style Girlfriend was built on my voice, not like my voice. I'm talking to you right now, ASMR, but Your like perspective. my perspective. And so we were like, let's find a way to make sure that that is still out there. And for me, like yeah, I don't get to write as much as I used to. And I miss that. But I'm like busy, like, again, like trying to be a businessman. <laughs> and so this is a, a stop for me each week to like check in with the audience, be like, hey, guys, you know, how was your week? Here was mine. Let's talk about it. Um, in this medium that like 
still felt really open and still does, right? Like it doesn't feel like we've reached a saturation point yet for podcasts. Like it still feels like there's room for people to jump in, you know? It's, it's like the beginning. It's just the infancy. Does this, so do you, like we, we talked earlier about your writing, if it's, it sounded like, well, you said it, that it was an outlet. Do you feel like this now fills that outlet? Like, do you feel like you, before the podcast, you weren't getting this creative outlet and now it's like sort of filling the space that used to be filled by writing? I think the hole that it's filling for me is feeling connected to the audience. So I do still get to write, again, not as much as I'd want, but I don't know if I would write about this thing with Serena Williams, right? right. Like, I don't know when this is going to go live. So maybe it's really like old news by now, um, by the time people are hearing this. But we're not like we're not like a 10 posts a day kind of site. So we're not necessarily commenting on the news of the day on the site. On the site, we're like, hey, here's how to fight with your significant other without being an asshole. Or like, here's how to wear like a denim jacket, like evergreen stuff, right? Right. So we wouldn't necessarily talk about, the, you know, oh, on Sunday or Saturday, this right. thing happened. So for the podcast, like we absolutely can. Like we can talk about really timely things. That's why like I'm going to go home and like get this podcast that we recorded today up tomorrow because otherwise it won't be timely and interesting anymore. So for me, I think like that it's just like this very direct connection to the audience that we wouldn't necessarily have otherwise. And honestly, it ends up prompting a lot of great content ideas for the site. Right. Like we get this like feedback loop of like we talk about something here and people really engage with it. And then we're like, oh, okay, how can we talk about that in an evergreen way? Like maybe we'll do something about unconscious bias, right? And like maybe the Serena Williams example will come up, but maybe it won't. Like because, you know, we'll write about yeah. it and we'll want it to like live on for a longer time. And what's What I'm like actually just realizing now, which seems kind of crazy, is – when you go to write a piece, like you really have to, you have to form the structure of the entire piece. Like what is the point you're trying to make? How are you supporting that point? Um, but with a podcast, like you're just having a conversation. Like it doesn't, it doesn't require, obviously you well, have a perspective, depends. right? But it depends it, on the podcast. Like, I mean, yeah. you look at something like cereal, that's not a conversation. Sure, right? sure, sure. Like but like town, like whatever it might be, like pods of America, that's absolutely a conversation. Yeah. I mean, they come in with an outline but it's then they like have a, you know, fun, jaunty conversation about right. it. And I hope that that's what we do here too. Like we have our talking points that we want to hit and we like introduce topics in a way that's like, I'm kind of reading it from the outline. I'm like, this thing happened, da, 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 da. Okay. What do you think about this? How much of an outline do you go in with? Like two pages. Oh, wow. For mm -hmm. each po for each podcast episode, you have yeah. two pages, like mm -hmm. of bullets or? Bullets and like links to things so that the okay. other person can like make sure that they see it. And like they're up to date on, you know, what it is that we're supposed to be talking about. Do you, um, have you done one every week since you launched this? Almost. Wow. Is that a lot a of lot? pressure? Yes. <laughs> Are you ever like, oh, I don't want to record this week or. No, I mean, if anything, like I really do enjoy it. It's more like you have to prepare so that it's not just you coming in and like, you know, BSing around. And I think like what can feel confusing or what feels um, not all that apparent to people who are maybe just listening to podcasts. I think the bed, best podcasts do sound like people literally walk into a room, put on headphones and start talking to a mic and just have like the most interesting, sparkling conversation. That is like not how podcasts happen. Again, right. they have outlines. They have, they probably even have some like zingers that they like got ready before they got in there because they knew they wanted to make X, Y, and Z point. Hmm. 
So it comes off as effortless. Like it comes off like just a conversation, but there is actually a good amount of legwork that you have to do for a podcast to come off that way. So for anyone who's like thinking about starting a podcast and thinking it's as easy as being like, well, whenever I got to like dinner with my friend Jamie, like we always just have, you know, such great (laughs) conversation. Like maybe, like maybe you'll get lucky and you'll sit down in front of a microphone and it'll just flow out of you. But more likely you'll need something to kind of keep you on a track. Right. And that's not to discourage anyone from doing it, but it's just like, it's more just to say like, this is harder than it looks. Yeah, totally. Also, um, you start to realize that you say like every other word and you want to die. <laughs> my, I did that on my first episode. I listened back and I was like, I, I just See? did it right there. Yeah. Oh my God. You were like this and then they were like that. Uh, and then I was like this, like that, like that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to have to improve on that, but I'm working on it. I'm thinking about it every episode. I, this, I think this is going to be my best non- like episode okay okay we'll see um what what has what has been really hard about the podcast besides the the cadence like what i just oh my god (laughs) because i can tell now every word you're saying it really slowly too you're talking like this to make sure that you're not saying the word like I know. I'm going to try this again. That's what I'm saying. It's harder than it looks. What has been hard about the podcast besides not saying like and uh, keeping a regular schedule? Uh, again, I'm not I'm not trying to just uh, like blow you guys up here, but with like the sound quality. Hmm. It was we bought mics. I mean, we bought the ones that everyone was like, well, if you're just doing a podcast, like usually. Right. And it it's fine like they were fine but they weren't great and I would hear it and I'm such a perfectionist which is again why being an entrepreneur is so ridiculous for me is like the my personality type because I want things to feel really finished and look really polished and as an entrepreneur like you're always just like everything's 75% done when you have to you know like push it out and it just makes you want to die. You have to let go. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, the logo is not quite right. Oh my, I don't know if this is the right accent color for us. Oh, this font. Blah, blah, blah. And you just have to put it out there in the world. And so for me, for doing, when we were doing a podcast with kind of our old setup, I would just hear it and cringe. You know what hmm. I mean? So, I mean, we're still editing the podcast. We're still publishing it. I feel really lucky to live in New York and have this accessible that we can pop in and just be like, hey, thank you for letting us use your really fancy mics and your really fancy like mixing <laughs> board or whatever that is. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't. And so I think that's something where it's both like a good thing and a bad thing that the barrier to entry for any kind of creative production is lower these days, right? Anybody can start a YouTube channel and publish stuff that they shot on their iPhone. But if you have a ton of money and then you, you know, you use like a, like a Canon red or whatever, like you're going to feel bad about your iPhone stuff next to that person's right. really fancy, you know, photography or video or whatever it is that they like shot on something with, you know, lights and this and that and the other. So, well, yes, like creativity has been democratized. There's still, still a, a, a gap that needs to be bridged. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and for so sure. for me, like, I think it just makes me want to gag less to like hear the podcast. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't changed the conversation. It hasn't changed uh, like the way that we do things. It's just, it's one less thing to worry about to feel like, okay, well, at least it's going to sound good when it hits people's ears. Like my S's aren't going to be too sharp and there's not going to be weird like whizzes and pops that, right. you know, you hear like through the mic. So 
I, I mean, that I'm sure that's not going to be everyone's answer. But for me, it's just like I get very cringy at stuff that looks like it was scotch taped together because I feel like that has been my business all along. Like I'm always just feeling like, oh, but that person's website's nicer or, oh, they have a better like Instagram grid than me. And that's, again, that's my own shit. But like <laughs> for the podcast specifically, that was the hardest thing was hearing it and it felt like it wasn't where we wanted it to be. Like Ira Glass, who does This American yeah. Life, he gave this interview a while back that's always stuck with me and he just said, like, I knew from the get-go what I wanted This American Life to be and it took like years for it to get even close to what it sounded like in my head. Hmm. And I was like, okay, if Ira Glass even, and he's like, and I still feel that way today. Like now I want it to be how it'll probably end up sounding in two years, you know? And so you really just can't let it stop you, but you should do everything you can to get to that next level of professionalism as quickly as you can in anything, right? Um, not at the sake, like not, not while letting like the rest of the quality go, like that's not more important, but it is something where your audience, like they're not gonna wanna listen to something that sounds like garbage. Do you feel though that like, in order to do that, you actually just have to get something out there to know for sure? Like how, how do you balance that with just getting it out there and learning and improving and iterate? Like you can only spend so much time in sort of perfecting, right? Um, yeah. I, like, I think anything you have to decide really to like go all in with it. For us, like there has been social channels that we've let go of because we're like, we're not going to be able to do right. this as well as we want to. And so we're just not going to put in the effort. And then we're going to be able to put more effort into other channels that we do want to do more with. And obviously to some extent you have to stay flexible and like get ready to pivot when like, you know, Facebook sells Instagram to <laughs> Yahoo and it gets like shut down or whatever. And like, then all of a sudden that's a channel you don't have anymore. Like you always have to kind of be ready to jump on the new thing, but you also kind of have to be ready to like, be like, all right, that's not for us. And right. so for a lot of people, podcasts, like maybe that's not for them. And I tell businesses that all the time, like people will, like there's so many new like direct to consumer brands, which is great. And like, so I'm always sitting down for coffee with someone who has like a new grooming brand or a new like men's swim trunks brand or whatever it is. And they're like, we're thinking about starting a blog. And I'm like, great, but just make sure you know why. Yeah. Right? Like don't put noise out into the world for no reason. And I I think that's tough for people because they feel like, no, I should just be out there. I need to be making hashtag content. Right. And so then they just like start a blog and it's like, what's the point of view? Why are you doing this? Who is it for? Well, it's for a consumer. Well, okay, but like maybe just focus on getting the consumer instead of like giving him something to read. Maybe he wants to read stuff elsewhere, but buy your aftershave and then get on with his life. And so I think for anything where there is like sort of a barrier to entry in terms of cost, time, energy, whatever it is, like if it's as easy as signing up for an Instagram handle, sure, great, jump on it. But if it's something where to really do it right, you're going to need to invest a bit more, again, whether it's time, money, whatever it is, just like have a think about it and be like, is this right for us? And it could be like, maybe there's some plumber who has like really hilarious, amazing stories about his like plumbing or her plumbing, you know, clients. Like maybe that would be a really interesting podcast, but like, do you have 20 episodes that are kind of in your back pocket ready to go? If not, like maybe don't. Like you have to look at it with the idea that there's going to be longevity. Maybe I shouldn't release this, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm doing it. Um, but do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. You need a plan, right? And you need to, and, and, and also I think you don't really know what that consistent, um, 
content grind feels like unless you've done it before. Like yeah. if you've ever been in the rhythm of making a piece of content every week or every day or whatever the, the cadence is, like that is a very overwhelming thing the first time. So I think your point is valid. Like you need to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Any Anything with an editorial calendar, you have to like know you have something to fill it. And if you're going to say we're going to do it every week, like you better have, again, that first three months worth of weeks ready because it's really easy to lose steam because you're like, oh, it's hard. Or it's really easy to run out of ideas if you don't plan ahead. Like, oh, we don't have anything for this week. Like, well, we just won't record. Yeah. But if you build an audience and they're you publish on it. Tuesdays, they're expecting, they're expecting it. it. Yeah. And as soon as they don't hear you put it out, they might be like, oh, they're probably not doing it anymore. Right. This is a very good lesson. Totally. I have a question for you. What do you listen to? Ooh, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Like, Give me a, like a weird three. amount. Uh, three or less. Three or less. I listen to Pod Save America. It's great. It's great. I mean, and that's what we were talking about. Like, those guys definitely have an outline. Like, yes, they're just super smart guys who could, uh, you know, expound on politics for days on end, probably without stopping. But they absolutely have an outline. And, uh, you know, Favs, like, keeps people, you know, that keeps them on board and is like, okay, now we're pivoting to talk about this. Now we're going to talk about this. Now we are taking a break. Now we're going to this interview. Like, if you actually kind of listen to the beats of it, like they're following they know what an they're outline. Doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, I listen to West Wing Weekly, hmm. which is like a podcast about the West Wing. And it's they're just it's one guy who was on the West Wing and then one guy who has his own podcast. And they're just wait, the television show, the television, even though show. It's, it's way over, it's super over. <laughs> they're still talking about it weekly. They just they just started the podcast like pretty recently. OK. Um, That's cool. And they're on to like season four or five now. Oh, so they're, oh, okay. They're going week so, by week it. through the episodes. Got it. So it's like this week we're talking about season four, episode two. That's cool. Donna, you know, makes a mistake and has to keep it from Josh. I, they should do that for more shows. I feel like most, obviously most TV show podcasts are for current TV shows, but I would love to listen to one about Sopranos or Lost or something, right? Like go back. I think back they have as, a lot of them. Yeah, I do think. I gotta think. do that. Because okay. like. I think like 90210 had one. Oh, I think really? Gilmore Girls has one. I think maybe it's like more of a female oriented thing, but West Wing, I think that was a pretty diverse audience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's interesting because you'll go back, and I'm someone who's watched every episode, you know, a few times, but they'll talk about things that are like problematic. And it's nice that they can kind of bring that up. Yeah. Like the fact that, you know, women, apart from CJ, like there's not really women in leadership positions. And they'll be like, or like just the way that there is an interaction between, you know, a boss and, again, a secretary or whatever. And they're like, well, that wouldn't really fly today. Like hmm. it's, it's kind of cool to like yeah. look back on that and see maybe how far we've come. And it's the same as like when you will like turn on an old episode of friends and Chandler will say something that's like very like, I'm not gay. And you're like, Oh yeah. Bad you're luck, like, Chandler. Yeah. Like, that did not age well. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then I think if I had to say one more, the, uh, Chris Hayes from MSNBC does a podcast called why is this happening? And he has like a show he like goes on before Rachel Maddow every night, but he has this weekly show now where he just gets an interesting person who's smart about something and they talk about like climate change or they hmm. talk about like voting rights or they talk about whatever, whatever, but for like an hour, you know, and they just kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. And it's just always to me really fun to listen to two smart people or more just talking about one thing for yeah. a while. That's a weekly show. It's a weekly show. Okay. Megan, this has been awesome. 
Wait, that's Thank it? Thank you. Or what I don't what know. else should we do? I don't know. This is fun. How about, um, okay, I got I have to something. go back out into the rain I after got this. Something. So if you want to keep me here any longer. Uh, I mean, you're welcome to keep using the studio. I don't think there's anyone in here after us. But, um, okay, how about this? So for anyone that hasn't listened to Undressed, what is the one episode they should start with? Oh, gosh. Probably just the most recent one because it's super timely, okay. right? So like we're the one gonna... that you're going to be publishing today. Yeah. Okay. About the Serena or whenever this coming. Yeah. If you the publish this in three weeks, okay. then the one that comes out three weeks okay. from now. All right. Yeah. So go listen, listen to the most, the most recent, recent episode. episode. Okay. And Megan. on Style Girlfriend, find us. Like, get into the archives. Yes. Us. Like we. If you are a guy and you need advice, personalized one-on-one advice yeah. about. Not only how to look, but how to act. Yeah. Go to stylegirlfriend.com. Dot com. And. Dot CA. No. <laughs> and if you, you want to listen to Undressed, you should be listening to that wherever you get your podcasts, right? Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere else. And you should not only subscribe, but rate and review because that is very important. And Megan would appreciate it. I love it. I am still getting used to calling it Apple Podcasts. You guys yell at me all the time because they'll be like, rate and review us on iTunes. And then John comes in and is like, Megan, it's, it's Apple, Apple Podcasts. Podcast. <laughs> they really don't like you call it For iTunes. anyone from the company, Apple. Yeah, for anyone from Apple, I'm so the podcasts, sorry. No, I was going to say, you see, we are. We are <laughs> trying to influence the the podcasting community to, uh, to best represent the brand. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Megan. This yeah, is fun. All absolutely. Right. See ya. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Megan Collins. If you haven't already, go check out her podcast. It's called Undressed. You can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Please subscribe. And if you like her podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. That really helps. And of course, I will ask you to do the same thing for this podcast if you haven't done it already. It's called Background Noise, and you can find it everywhere. Last but not least, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, I'm the co-founder and CEO of a company called Anchor. We make it really, really, really easy to make podcasts. So if you've ever thought about making a podcast, go check it out. Just search for Anchor in the App Store, the Google Play Store. You can go to anchor.fm on the web. It is completely free. You don't need any experience. And you can have a podcast up and running in no time. Thanks again. See you next week.